Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number, whatever episode number this is, Off Mike and Kristen. Do you know what episode number it is? I think it's episode 19. 19, whoa. That's pretty good. We heard that 85% of podcasts don't make it to episode 10. I know. And we've actually had a few people ask us about why we're podcasting, and it's been a good reflection for us to answer those questions. What's your answer to that question? So at first we really wanted to present this theme of life as artists and following dreams and being off the beaten path, which is all still true. That's what we're talking about. But since we've started, especially doing guest interviews, I've really just enjoyed sitting down and getting to know people on a deeper level. Kind of a selfish reason, but... That's the joy in it for me. We have to enjoy it to do it, I guess. Yeah, and it's giving profile to those guests as well. But yeah, just just sitting down and picking people's brains about their journey and why they do it. And and again, it's not all artists we've had on. We had some business owners and we, we have some different people in mind coming up that aren't necessarily just creative people, even athletes, people who follow the dream in that way. Yeah, I think people just who are living an alternative life of some sort is the general theme of our, our guests so far anyways. Who knows where it will go. It's our episode, podcast. We can do whatever we want, right? So 20 and <laughs> after, maybe this will become a podcast talking about hats. Yeah, or goldfish. I don't know a lot about goldfish. They're stupid and... They have a short memory. Yeah. What do you know about hats that you would talk about? Well, they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. They keep your hair out of your eyes, uh, keep sweat from running down your forehead. Yeah, you're an expert. I do know quite a bit. Well, maybe do an episode on hats. Yeah. Okay. But this week's episode uh, is an interview with someone who wears some very cool hats from time to time. Good segue. Uh, (laughs) Willie Stratton. He is a musician originally from Bedford. A really interesting guy who has a a brand new album out. He he takes a lot of his inspiration from kind of old, old time music, Elvis, some, some classic country stuff, some old school folk stuff. And he's had a really interesting journey so far in his uh, musical career. And we had a Great little chat with him. We did. I loved this interview. Willie's someone who, of course, I've heard of and heard his music, but never had a chance to really sit down and chat with him before. So I felt, uh, yeah, just excited to make a new friend and learn about his creative process and life and inspiration. And he has fantastic style. So I'm always drawn to the fashion folks out there. For sure. So, yeah, we're going to get to Willie shortly, and we have a few combined shows coming up ourselves. Yeah, we had a live painting, and you were live singing, of course, uh, at the our... I was lip syncing. Yeah. <laughs> our favorite neighborhood restaurant, the Rustic Crust in Upper Tantal, and they're such good people. They're good community members, and... We did that duo show last night and have a few more booked for the rest of the summer. It's super got fun. Three in Cape Breton coming up. Yeah. The first one we kick off in Inverness, your hometown at the Inverness County Center for the Arts. Yeah. Uh, it's a great little art gallery there run by our friend 
Ash and the Town Heroes are performing August 6th and I will be live painting with them. And then coincidentally, you and I had planned on just doing some camping and kind of road tripping around the Cabot Trail because we're staying with friends the following weekend. And we had planned to be in Shetty Camp and Sydney on particular nights and got an offer (laughs) to see if we wanted to do live shows in Shetty Camp and Sydney, the exact nights we had planned to be there in the first place. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it definitely seems like it's fate. So yeah. we have to do those shows and they're going to be super fun. And the summer's been going great. It's been such a hot, beautiful summer. And we've been hauling our futon mattress out back and just laying in the sun and watching movies with George. It's been movies great. at night during the day, you know. We, yeah, we're at the beach in the yeah. day. And we work too. Just not as this, hard. We're working right now. This is work. Yeah, this I is, love my this job. This is harder than a coal mine shift, you know, <laughs> shoveling yeah. coal and underground. And we've been getting a lot of uh, nice comments about our book, like how it's a good summer read, which... I never um, set out to write a book that was a good summer read, but when we were creating it, I kind of thought that, like, this is, like, short chapters, it's just kind of easy, just a lot of people are saying that it it fits into this season very well. Summer vibes are pretty light and fun and energetic, and that's really how the feel of the book is. We also had somebody tell us recently that they like to read chapters before they go to bed because it puts them in a good mood before their sleep instead of reading a murder mystery or something more intense. So I thought that was good feedback, too. Good sleep book. And if you're road tripping this summer, we have the audiobook as well that you can throw on. Yeah, the we haven't really pushed that too hard yet, but I, I'm super proud of that because we we put a lot into it, and I think it's pretty unique. Yeah, you especially with your bells and whistles through the audiobook. There's sound effects, there's music clips, uh, there's our voices reading you the stories. It, it is a really cool audiobook. So, we'll... and uh, it would be very appreciated if you can give us a review on Amazon or Audible for the auto audiobook. That would. Uh... It's tricky as artists. I think we talked about this with our guest, Dwayne Jones, with Art Pays Me and how we sort of feel like we're always asking for things from our audience. But Do it. something like a, a review for our audiobook or even our podcast, it, it helps yeah. beat the algorithm. So it's those little things. They're free for our our audience and fans to do for us. And it, it just helps out so much to have those uh reviews left there for others to see it and bump us up the list yeah it's funny how it doesn't matter how good something you create is it's all the algorithm battle these days oh yeah turns my stomach sometimes but but anyways we're we're having fun doing all this and a lot of people are writing us telling us that it's uh that they're really enjoying what we're putting out so that means a lot and we're sure enjoying it yeah so so we, we appreciate all the, the feedback. and uh, I also have received a lot of very kind and supportive feedback on the episode we put out a few weeks ago about my hearing loss. So a sincere thank you to everyone who not only listened to that episode, but bothered to make time just to send me either a note of support and recognition. I had friends just say, next time we're in a social setting, I will completely understand and recognize the 
different experience that I'm having and that alone just meant a lot to me to have yeah. that that acknowledgement. So thank you, everyone. And since that episode, you did see uh, a doctor that was, well, they obviously didn't fix anything, but they at least were nice. <laughs> yeah, I had an appointment. I saw the audiologist first who did another hearing test and they did something new this time that was more of a physical measurement. So I, I didn't have to answer any questions. It was just more sort of evidence or proof that what I've been telling them is in fact true. I, I hope that hasn't been in question, but it's just another piece of documentation that was helpful. And I saw this great uh, female intern who is uh, studying to be an ENT herself, who was kind of shadowing under the primary doctor who I saw. And she was fantastic as well, ran some new tests that I hadn't had before. So uh, nothing really came of those tests. There's no diagnosis still. And, you know, this will just be a permanent thing that I will learn to live with. But I very much appreciated their curiosity and kindness and attention and made a point to tell them that as well. And then uh, two days later, we watched the movie Sound of Metal about the <laughs> the drummer going deaf, which... I was, I was like, oh, do you want to watch this? Again? Yeah, you were a little reluctant to throw that on, which I appreciate and understand. Uh, you're, you're asking if I was comfortable with that. But for anyone who experiences uh, deafness or tinnitus, this is actually a really great film for people around you to have a better understanding of what your experience is like. I think that's been part of the emotional part for me. It's hard to really explain how it feels or what it sounds like. And I thought the film did a great job at capturing, uh, you know, at least one example of what that can be like for someone's lived experience. Yeah, the sound in it was amazing. And just how it gets, show, shows you what it's like for someone who is losing their hearing and mm -hmm. developing that ringing in their ears. And it's a sad story, but it's powerful for sure. Yeah, so we're we're just taking one day at a time. I'm I'm finding the adjustment period a little bit more challenging than I had expected or maybe taking longer than I had hoped is a better way to put it and it's always hard when you feel like you're missing out on things because you have to cater to uh well, in my case the hearing loss, but I'm I'm trying just to listen to my body and treat it with with kindness and ease as best I can. Well, I think you're doing an amazing job there, and we'll get through it one day at a time here. Mm -hmm. Lots of just backyard futons, huh? Yeah, that's the, <laughs> the cure for most things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, let's get into our chat with Willie. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone, and shoot us any feedback you have. And here is us and Willie Stratton talking about his life as a musician. I was going to say, the funny thing about that, though, is everybody really loved Billy Bob Thornton after uh, Gianni Gameshi got canceled, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he, he, cause he, he was gave doing it interview. to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then everybody's like, you know what? I like Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> yeah, he's not so bad after <laughs> yeah. all. His resurgence. thought he was a prick, but he just treated him the way he deserved <laughs> yeah. to be treated. Billy Bob knew, you yeah, know? Yeah, he, he could sense it. He's a seer. I listened to a podcast interviewing Billy Bob and apparently, or he 
claim to have grown up on roadkill and his mother was a witch. <laughs> That's so sick. like this was his childhood. And, I love that. Yeah. So yeah, he had a steady diet of dead raccoon and then he made it to <laughs> made it for Hollywood at like 16 and ended up serving working for a catering company and Whoa. somebody gave him a card to come audition from that. What Just, was his first thing? Do I don't know? know, something yeah, maybe unknown. A lot but... of those people got to a point where they're we know them were in a hundred things before then. Mm. Yeah. But I don't know his exact trajectory. But there's a lot of those stories. I don't think this happens as much anymore, but people just fleeing for Hollywood, sort of this mm. quote unquote starving artist profile. And there's these, this real glamorous story that comes out of it. And right. nowadays, I don't think you really hear those as much anymore. It's I think just... it's because everybody was like, yeah, you know what? That works for him. I'm going to go for it. And then. Exactly. It's probably the entire population of Hollywood at this point. Or everybody just lives on the internet now and hopes that somebody yeah. discovers them that way instead of serving Maybe. cocktails. Which does happen, you yeah. know? There's a lot of people who make a lot of money making stupid videos. Yeah. And, and then... I.E. the town heroes. <laughs> we, we, we make stupid videos. That's the only part of the equation that is correct there. Where's the money? Yeah. The town hero's fortune. <laughs> yeah. Look at this place. But, uh, yeah, it, it is definitely an avenue that people can get mm. out there. And with music, like, for ourselves, we're both musicians, the internet is has been, I find, both one of the most amazing tools we could ever have and also a horrible thing because yeah. you feel like you have to be on social media all the time. It yeah. kind of rots your brain. You feel pressured to... To compare yourself to other people, like it's just, uh, I find stuff like that is like it's almost like a self correcting problem, you know what I mean? It's like it always comes out neutral to some degree with any like technological advance, not everything, but yeah. like with the internet, you know what I mean? It's like it creates all that opportunity, like you said, but it also creates a lot of like idleness and complacency, you know what I mean? And I feel like. Sometimes I get to, a, my brain is always active on thinking I have to do things, but I'm also kind of uh, rebelling against it in a way. So mm -hmm. I have this collision happening within me, which, and sometimes I just don't do anything for a while, but my mind is always fighting that battle. Mm -hmm. It's a, <laughs> it's a struggle. Yeah. As business owners, <laughs> we're always looking for the right edge to yeah. make ourselves known, but it's a fickle place to try and do that yeah and it's like how much do you want to sell yourself you know it's like do you that's that's how i feel sometimes it's like you, you see these things and you hear the things about like what good online presence is and it's like do you just want to get obsessed with that and then are you just going to become this online person like you know what i mean i find that's a yeah versus a real yeah, person like leave reality yeah. <laughs> Well, like isn't, reboot. Isn't that what the whole metaverse is about? Like creating uh, yeah. your, your persona in there where you don't have to really exist in the real world. Yeah. I think that could I mean that could be the best thing that happens to the internet because it might turn it into such a weird place where we're all like, you know what? We don't need this. You know? Maybe. I don't know. Could be horrifying. S some some people are going to I think like any technological advancement, some people are going to dive in head first and some people mm. are going to reject it. Yeah. Like, like some people right now are going back to the land, like yeah. lived in the city and 
yeah. whatever had a high stress mm. job and they're just like fuck it and we yeah. move to a little town in the middle of nowhere yeah and uh, Kristen raises her hand uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like with whatever's gonna happen with the metaverse in the next few years I think like there'll be kind mm. of both parties the, the ones who dive in and the ones who say fuck it but how do you like so Willie how do you treat your what I'll call marketing because like we just watched the Elvis movie a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you've seen this new I film. Did. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was it was amazing in lots of ways. And we can talk about that. But it was one of the things, one of the takeaways. And this certainly wasn't the focus of our chat afterwards. But he, of course, was just this huge, iconic superstar and mm-hmm. the Internet didn't exist. And nowadays it feels like if you don't have any presence, much less a strong presence, then how does anybody even know you exist? It's a weird transition we've made. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's where you find me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we've answered that then. <laughs> but how do you how do you put yourself out there? How are you comfortable putting yourself out there? Mm, I like Instagram. I find it's a nice and quick, you know? Yeah. Like, you, I don't think I'll ever be a YouTuber. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so involved. And like, you can't do it in your I pajamas. I can't be bothered for YouTube. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Instagram's kind of nice because it's just so like light. You know what I mean? You just, it's easy. And I find that I'm not like, I don't want to be sitting around like editing videos and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I understand the appeal of that. And I, you know, film is cool and videos are cool, but. I don't know. I find Instagram is just a nice balance. It's like very bite-sized. Yeah. And I find that's kind of the only social media I really use. Like, f- like Facebook I'm, I'm, is mostly just for reposting Instagram stuff as far as marketing myself, I guess. Yeah. People are kind of drifting away from Facebook anyway. The older generation is gravitating towards Facebook, mm-hmm. but the younger ones, I think, are leaving it. So it's mm-hmm. like, old people world yeah but they are often the ones who who are supportive to in terms of Mm -hmm. buying things i find instagram is like is a little more fickle like yeah there's it's it's great and like you can see amazing Mm -hmm. photography and like really get a picture of what somehow someone at least curates (laughs) their life um but I find I find it's in terms of just like promoting things like, hey, we have new albums out or new shirts or something. I find for whatever reason, and maybe just because we have a bigger fan base on Facebook, like we get more action there. And I don't know if it's because people are older. And well, older people have more disposable income. It's true. Yeah. Mm. I think is part of it. The boomers are definitely buy, buy shirts and mm-hmm. hats. That's nice. Yeah. That is nice. <laughs> Thanks, boomers. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about some of the impacts of COVID. Do you feel like that has come to a halt and we're good to go in the entertainment industry again? I think like more or less. I mean, this is kind of a weird year. Like I'm not playing a lot this summer because the like, well, it's like all the festivals and stuff are pretty well backlogged you know what i mean yeah. it's like we were at the ecma's kind of like meeting folks and stuff and booking and stuff but it was all for like 2023 yeah. you know what i mean which i guess is pretty normal i mean it's in the springtime but 
And I'm also enjoying having a summer that I'm not playing an insane amount. Like, it's mostly just private stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like, you know, you walk around Halifax, it's it, there's not much different to how it was before COVID now, so. Yeah, I've heard some comments of people like, I'm ready for a good lockdown again for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we could just do it, like, for just social reasons. We learned nothing. <laughs> every every four months, we go on a two-week lockdown. That'd so. be brilliant. <laughs> just a little lockdown, just like... Like, that's what a weekend is, you know? We get, like, 1200 bucks or something from the government, you know? Just do whatever you yeah. want. Like, Serb would have to come back. Yeah. I would definitely be down for that. Just <laughs> write and record. And Seasonal Serb, we'd call mm. it. Catch up on some, some... Maybe we could just do that in the winter. Just winter, just lockdown. Yeah. No one wants to... Pretty much do you know? that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do that, but have the government pay you and nobody works. Yeah. The Might. government payment really is the key to this equation. <laughs> I mean, here. I feel like, I don't know. We pay a lot of taxes in this part of the country. We could probably afford that. I think we just need to come up with a convincing argument. Great art will come out of this period. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll draft fine. the policy document. Okay. Yeah. So if you look over here, Willie, on the wall, you can see a poster that happens to have your, oh, yeah. your name on it. That was a good time. And that wasn't placed there just because you were coming. That wow. was that was there uh, for a while. A permanent fixture. Mm. So that's uh, 2013, I believe. I remember that show. My band played an album release show at the Seahorse Tavern, and uh, Willie, you opened. And uh, that's you know, over 10 years ago now, and I, I first heard off you by uh, actually seeing a YouTube video off... Um, mm. By word of mouth, music made that uh, right. that live recording in uh, York Rideau off you playing uh, mm -hmm. November. And I was like, "Holy shit, that is fucking that's powerful stuff. That that's amazing." And that was my first introduction to you, and you were playing banjo back then, mm -hmm. and more, I guess, folk driven. Yeah, and now you're. You're, I guess, you're, that vibe is still there in a, mm. in a sense, but I feel like, like any good artist, you learn things over time, and over mm. ten years, you hope that you're going to progress into, to uh, becoming a, a better artist. And I just listening to your your new album feels like everything, everything has gotten to a point where you can see these old influences that you had mm. over the years. And it's really summed up in that album. Thank you. Yeah, I, that was kind of almost like the the goal. I don't know if it's just the goal for this album or like the goal for any artist maybe, or at least for me, is like, I, you know, I started out, like you said, with a very like folk-driven kind of thing, or at least what I thought was folk. That's kind of how it starts, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... I'm like, oh, Bob Dylan, folk, cool. And then it's like, I got really into that. And I was like, yeah, this is folk music. And then I wanted to like learn more about what folk music was. So I'd like go to the archives and stuff and go through the Helen Creighton collection. And I'm like digging through. I'm like, wow, there's just a lot of sad fishermen singing with no instruments. What's this? <laughs> Where's the folk music? And, you know, have the people there be like, well, my guy, that's what nova scotian folk music is you know what i mean and and then that kind of hit me and then 
kind of learned more about actual traditional music and then, you know, learned more about what people were dancing to and listening to around here, you know, during my grandfather's time or my great grandfather's time. And, and then you get into like Hank Snow and Wolf Carter and like all these country artists that came out and like, you know, countless more that, that weren't on major labels. And then I got really into country that way. And then, you know, I kind of got back more into rock and roll for a bit. And then I think through that period was kind of pushing away those more early influences. And then I find by this point, I'm kind of coming around and sort of wanting to let everything that I like in music sort of coexist in the same place. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's like a melting pot of sound. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's how, I don't know. That's, that's always what I want to do. You know, it's like, I, I, I love, there's lots of music I love that's totally not like that. Like, for example, like bluegrass. You know, I love like good straight up bluegrass and I'll always love it. I love playing it. But it's like, it's a very specific thing. Or like Cape Breton uh, traditional like fiddle music. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, people have gotten weird with it and experimental with it, which is awesome too. But we can all appreciate the, the sort of pure you know, uh, Scotty Fitzgerald style or whatever, or like, um, or like certain types of metal are very distinct. You know what I mean? And I love that, but I find for me and like what I want to do musically is like, I want to just like take little bits of everything, kind of mix it together. Cause I mean, I find that's kind of what Elvis did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I've always been inspired by him because, and I mean, uh, you know, Elvis, but also Sam Phillips, you know, that was kind of his, I think he had a lot to do with that was just like, you know, he had this blues label and then he, you know, just started mixing things in and th- like, that's where rock and roll came from. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's just such a magical thing. Cause it was like, you had a bunch of these people who had, uh, you know, with sun records like Carl Perkins, you know, or Jerry Lewis and Johnny Cash and Elvis, they all came from these pretty, impoverished backgrounds of picking cotton and stuff and came to this label and worked with this guy who had exclusively worked with black musicians up until that point and was like you know like an expert in blues music and you know had all this like these songs at his disposal like through his publishing or whatever of blues songs and was like you know to these sort of more country folks and then mix that together and just create something new that was just like incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I find that, I don't know, that like, it's like those things that like inspire me to want to make music rather than just to like play or enjoy music. You know what I mean? Mm. Does the history of music and the tradition behind, say, a particular genre or the people who are involved in that? How important to you is it to honor that and those people who who came before you? I think very important. Like, I'm always, I don't know. I I don't ever like just taking the sound and being like, yeah, I like that, cool. You know, it's like whenever I get into an artist or something, it's like I want to read about them. I want to figure out what the background is and, you know, 
and any type of music, you know what I mean? I want to find yeah. out what the origins are, like why why this music from this place sounds that way, you know, or like regional styles I find fascinating. And and I think there's not a lot of, you know, some some people kind of act like music just grows out of the ground, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, which some cases it seems like it, but I think that that's just like successful creativity, you know what I mean? Like you look at a sculpture or something, it doesn't look like someone's been, uh, you know, smashing away at it with a chisel and a hammer for hours. It just looks like a human form or something. But I think it's the same thing with music, you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people think that bluegrass, for example, just like, oh, it's so raw, it's just like, you know, that comes out of the hills and stuff. And it's like, you, they don't know the history of like Bill Monroe playing clubs and sort of it being this thing that really was only invented in like the late forties, early fifties around the same time rock and roll was happening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For the same reasons, for the same people, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I feel like any artist or band that exists today could not exist without a series of people before them. Totally. Like, I think that's always the way it's been. You know what I mean? And there's artists like I wouldn't even know who would have influenced someone else. I don't even know mm. who then influenced someone. Maybe I know a little who influenced someone I know a lot. Mm. And mm. like, it's all just this chain reaction that takes place over whatever hundreds of years. Like yeah. When you oh, absolutely. Go, go back. There's just like, I don't listen to say a lot of Elvis. I know of a fair mm. bit of it, but like watching that movie, I'm like, this is so pivotal to everything yeah. that exists right mm. now. Like nothing that uh, none of the music that's around now would exist without without him. Mm-hmm. Totally without that scene. And Sam Phillips. I mean, yeah. I, I was surprised they didn't talk about Sam Phillips as much, but I I get it. They only had like. They squeezed a, a few lot. hours, yeah, to do the whole story. So it's like, you know, and it, it was about him personally, and not not a, specifically about the the music, uh, which is which is cool. But yeah, it's like people like Sam Phillips. You know what I mean? It's like he he worked so hard to like just like get the music out there. You know what I mean? It's like, but you don't see him. You know, you just think that you know, Elvis or Johnny Cash just kind of like sprung out of the ground with this amazing sound, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like so much work goes into it. And then, you know, people coordinating that and bringing it together and, and, you know, it's almost like they're, you know, you have to be part of a legacy, I think. There's not, like nobody, if, if anybody was to come out of nowhere and make a sound that no one had ever heard of before, it would have so little cultural integrity that it, it would not, no one would be able to connect with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I find people put a lot of pressures on on themselves to make something new, but it's like, you, you have to be part of something. You have to be part of this bigger picture or else no one will be able to connect with you. You know what I mean? It's a community and it music is communal, right? Mm. I think you bringing together, though, like watching your progression and transition into different styles creates that curiosity of wait like what is this where Mm. what are his inspirations or um like genres that you're touching on so i think that's always fun for a listener and an audience to not really know like if someone says well what kind of music is it like well a little bit of this and a little bit of that and that creates intrigue yeah i think that that's the key is like 
that's the whole prank. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is like, you know, don't just, that's what I was, I wasn't, what I was talking about there is like, you know, not to just be like playing old stuff, but it's like to understand that you're a part of this ever going progression. You know what I mean? It's like, like, I think the, the whole gag is like, you know, taking these parts and like creating something new that people are like, wow, that is so fresh. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. cause that's when I get excited. It's like, this is so fresh and I, I dig it. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it, there's always stuff built. There's always building blocks. You know, I think that that, that to me is like what gets me going with music, you know? Do you want for people to understand that about your music or is your preference that they take away from it what they experience and feel? Uh, not on like a surface level, you know what I mean? It's like, I want it to, to appear pretty, you know, tidy and clean, but for anyone who wants to go digging, like to be able to, uh, you know, find the sort of influences and stuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I make abstract art and Mm. sometimes... I have something maybe I see in it or had a vision mm-hmm. or a um, maybe it was an emotion I wanted to convey on a canvas. But often, especially with abstract, it's not a picture of a dog. Exactly. Like people are like, oh, I see this or I feel this or mm-hmm. it makes this happen. And I always I always like that. I mm-hmm. like the feedback. Yeah. But it also then makes me think about, well, that wasn't what the intention was. And, right. and do I care? Right. So yeah. I guess that's really like with music, lyrics are not always, but often mm. a little bit more literal than abstraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, I imagine, would listen to that and f- they reflect on their own personal mm-hmm. experience. So I don't know if that matters to either of you, really. Like, this is what I meant for the song to be yeah. about. And if they're not getting that, does that matter? I guess. Yeah, I find like, I I almost like keeping a lot of my songwriting somewhat vague you know like try to write you know if you're writing like a a song about a situation say like chasing rabbits on the album or something you know what i mean it's like i was kind of thinking about irish ballads and stuff but i didn't want to start talking about like the potato famine or something right you know what i mean it's <laughs> like Leprechauns. I, yeah i want to like maybe hint at like going away from something you know but it's like I want it to be open to people being like, "Oh my god, like this is how I felt when uh you know, I had a breakup last week or something or this is how I felt when I had to move out west or you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. I I think that so many feelings, like feelings aren't like feelings and situations are such different things, but we write songs with situations to convey feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, I I like when people tell me that my song meant something to them in a way that I didn't even think about when I was writing the song because it's like that's still a feeling that's in the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like I find that. that's similar to like abstract art, you know what I mean? It's like and sort of what I was saying with like just the integrity of things, it's like a certain brush stroke will look like something. You know what I mean? And it's like these little things in our brain that make all these little associations with things are what the experience of art is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So I think that that translates with music too. Is that the same for you, Mike? With your audience? Yeah, well, I guess when I'm writing a song, I'm trying to convey, trying to get something out of me that I feel needs to exist in some capacity. And whether that's something I experienced and I want to capture how that made me feel, I'm putting it into a song. And at the end of the day, what I create is going to have a meaning to me. But as long as I can get any type of response from an audience or fan, uh, that's that's really all that matters. Mm. Like, I can't expect them to th- get the same thing out of the song that I totally did when I created it. But I think that's that's the beauty of it, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's going to have a different experience. Yeah. And some like some songs, okay, if this is like a, the tempo is super fast and it's super, it's really fun. Like, you know, like, mm. okay, most people aren't going to be sitting there crying, listening to that song when their dog dies. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But, and, or if I write a super sad song yeah. that's about a dog dying, like you kind of know where it's generally going to land. Mm. But at the end of the day, like. The situation where someone might have first heard a song may change how that song affects them for the rest of their life, too. Like, it's there's so many factors involved. Like, you're just falling in love with someone, and a song comes on the radio at this perfect moment when you just touch, hold hands, and like Mm -hmm. that song becomes special to you. And so, so many factors in the world just play into what, what a song can mean. But I think. As long as the creator is putting truth into it and real emotion and real feelings, then other people will experience that. It's going to bounce back and forth, you know? Today's episode is sponsored by the brilliant Steph McNamara Photography. Steph is a photographer who wants you to feel like your most authentic self in a session. She wants to get to the soul of every person with each photograph she takes. Whether it be a session for a musician, a wedding day, or something just because, Steph's main focus is to make sure the people in her lens feel safe and at ease to be themselves. Steph's favorite part of being a photographer is truly getting to know her clients. What makes them light up and what they are most passionate about are questions always on her mind. If you want a genuine, heartfelt experience with a photographer, Steph is your gal. We've had the pleasure of working with Steph and can attest to her talent, creativity, and can say that you'll probably fall in love with her immediately. You can follow Steph on Instagram at Steph McNamara Photography. How much does the fans' response contribute to your careers? Now, of course, we need fans to buy things so mm-hmm. that we can buy our groceries and ha- have jobs, but I'm curious. Like, Mike, I'm familiar with your Town Heroes fans who are very supportive with fundraising and, you know, sh- you have this consistent core that's showing up at all of your shows. And, like, Willie, has that been something that, as your music has evolved, has your fan base as well? Or do you have this kind of diehard following that you look to? Mm, I don't know. I, I definitely have, like, alienated fans with... Mm. certain directions i think (laughs) like i remember when i stopped kind of like just playing acoustic folky that strange pseudo folk that i was doing you know 
like and started just wanting to be in more of a rock and roll band like people were like messaging me like ugh like, who's this guy yeah and it was like <laughs> I well, fucking if that's how you're gonna feel like make your own fake folk if that's what you want to do you know what I mean it's like I don't know I mean but there, there's a lot of good support uh, in Nova Scotia I find and and beyond I mean like you know that's one great thing about the internet like I've had uh, you know certain people kind of all over the place who are have been supportive for a long time and mm. you know and that's really nice but it is funny. It's like, I don't know. It's like everything I want to do, I I don't want to do the same thing over again. And I, I I do find it like my fan base is constantly shifting kind of, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, do you guys find that? Uh, yeah, I feel like there's, for a while, we've had that group of people that you know are going to support you no matter what. and. And then even just starting out, like when you're whatever, a dozen years younger, all your friends are a dozen years mm. younger. So you're playing at bars in your twenties is very different than playing in your thirties. Totally. Yeah. Like a lot of people I know have kids now and they're mm. not going to come out on a Saturday night if I'm playing at whatever, one in the morning. Mm. Your own wife finds that uh, hard yeah, to do. So I understand. <laughs> and that's. It didn't, like, I never made the conscious decision, like, okay, now our fans aren't going to come out, so we have to shift what we're playing. But I think just over time, it kind of, like, we we developed the acoustic set that we have now, and that kind of caters towards a specific audience, and our rock set is a specific audience, and there's kind of a merger between the two, and I'm sure some people may like one and not like the other, or... I, it's just like I, when you're doing it also as a career, you just have to find different avenues to mm-hmm. to get out there, as many possible options as possible. So just having the opportunity to double our amount of gigs was, was an important thing. So I'm thinking of Madonna right now and how even as a teenager, I recognized her adaptability. Like mm. that to me was what yeah. made her such a great artist. And you was thought that, that was cool. I did, yeah. 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 Like I, awesome. I saw in her just, sure, she's musically talented, but I saw her more of just a versatile artist. Like mm-hmm. this, this woman is not only able to entertain as a musician, but she really gets the necessity of creativity, like, and that evolving and showing up in different ways and, like those were my icons when I was yeah. a young aspiring whatever I was going to be. But mm. if you have any creativity in you, like I think that's a key recognition in someone else. Like they are willing to take risks or not stay stagnant mm. or change their style. And it's not that you don't care about your fan base, but yeah. you have to honor your your own self first. And yeah. that integrity I think will yeah. bring you the best people regardless. It's like I want fans that want to see that. You know what I mean? I find yeah. those are the most valuable fans. It's exciting. And the, yeah, people who are like, whoa, this is cool and unexpected. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I mean, growing up here too, like I found uh, what you just said about Madonna reminds me of like Joel Plaskett. You know what I mean? Like we all kind of looked up to him, you know, in Nova Scotia. And 
you know, I remember because he was playing this like rock and roll stuff, and then you'd see him at like a folk festival playing alone, and it's like very folky, and it's still good, and not the same songs always. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, I think like seeing that early in my life made me inspired. You know that you. It's like all music is sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When you were a kid, so according to your bio, started playing at a really young age guitar. Mm-hmm. Was that, did you did you have a knowing at that point in your life, I want to go on and play music? Or was it more just, I'm a creative person, let's see what happens? Or maybe neither. But. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I liked, uh, you know, I like drawing a lot. And I when I was really young, that's like, all I did was draw all the time, you know what I mean? And I've always just liked any kind of creative thing. But then it was like once I, I don't know, sometimes things just hit you at that age, I guess, like when you're 12 or whatever. It's kind of like you're starting to, like, you know, you're not fully developed yet or whatever, but you're starting to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got a guitar and when I really started getting into music and I don't know, it just kind of hit me, you know? It's like, it was just like, well, this is what I want to do. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Was music in your family? Like, what uh, what, what drove you towards? I know your your yeah. sister played in your band at one point. Yeah. Like- uh, yeah, my mom and dad love music, and they're always very supportive of it and yeah. uh, passionate about music. Um, neither of them play, but my grandfather on my mom's side played piano and... You know, there's like, I think too, it's just like, you know, I think growing up, maybe like in my generation was the, it just made more sense to, you know, or people had the resources to play music or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, in my grandfather's time, like, I don't think it would have been like a very realistic thing to be a professional musician or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just that they were all, my parents were always very supportive, which is nice, you know. And when you decided to pursue it as a career, they they were obviously supportive of that as well. Yeah, yeah, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. My my parents were the same, and it it really means a lot to mm-hmm. to have people behind you. You the most important people to you when they have your your back in pursuing a path less less chosen yeah really absolutely really means a lot yeah we yeah. often talk about the the perception of an artist sometimes at least can be this is a risky choice or a career path until you reach this point of success or fame or whatever you want to call it and then you're like the coolest person in the world and everyone's idol and but most of us exist in a place somewhere in between. Mm. So do you feel like if that's the space you're occupying now, does that let you still like do this as a career and like feel like you're comfortable staying there? Do you want to continue to grow or move or what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to keep growing and pushing forward. You know what I mean? Like, like over the past few years I was playing, you know, multiple weeklies and, you know, picking up a show for the weekend 
most weeks, you know, and playing mm-hmm. like an insane amount. And I could have, you know, the money was good. I could have just did that. But it's like, I don't find, some people find fulfillment in that and that's awesome. And for some people that's, that's, you know, as, as good as it gets and it is great. But it's like, you know, this year, I just, I don't know. It's like, I want to keep pushing forward, you know? And it's like, I start working with people who know a little bit more about the music business and know how to get ahead and who tell me like, you know, this, you got to cut that out, <laughs> you know, stop playing so much, you know? Right. And, but it's like, it's not like I, I have no regrets. Like, it's like, that's, that's what gets you good is playing like crazy. And then, you know, it's like, I, I want to, I just want to keep pushing, you know, and that's, that's what this year has been as things have kind of been coming back in the world and, you know, just getting to work with someone on a record and like have someone produce it, you know, working with Carlton and stuff that to me was a big step forward, you know, cause everything was pretty DIY before that, you know? So in some ways it feels almost like a debut record cause it's like, it's not just sort of doing it myself, you know what I mean? What do you hope? To happen with this new album like it's only a couple months old now mm. yeah yeah i don't know i i just kind of want to see what happens you know and and i mean a big thing with this album too is we didn't want to make it in any one direction super specifically like there's there's songs that kind of reach in different directions and i think part of that is just sort of seeing what works Cause I mean, on one hand too, it's like, I, I love any kind of music so much that if something's going to work, I'm down to go for it. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd be happy if, if, if there did come a time when it was like, whoa, like I could really get somewhere with just playing rock and roll or just playing country or just playing folk, you know, I would follow that and I'd still have all those influences, uh, informing all of those decisions and songs you know what i mean it's like so i don't know i feel like at at this point and with this record it's kind of like a big step forward and to just sort of see what happens and and you know it 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 does feel like a new beginning kind of you know of like not just sort of like taking everything that comes my way you know what i mean and just sort of being a bit more uh, you know, just trying to get to that next step, you know? And before that, you said a lot of the stuff you did was do-it-yourself kind of mm-hmm. mentality. And did you feel like uh, stagnant getting to, because I know I've I've taken things to a point. I'm like, Jesus, what, how the hell do I take this further? What am I yeah. supposed to do? And even, not even necessarily working with other people, but even just bringing other t- people in for opinions and thoughts what what did uh, bringing in a new team, like a producer and uh, people around you, did, mm. did that feel like it kind of gave you energy? And Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, it just makes you think about things differently, like not playing three times a week and working full-time gives me a lot of energy, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And like, but it's, and at first it was kind of like oh shit like what am i doing like 
you know, I've got all this free time and it was like freaky, but then it's like, oh, I should be writing songs. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's like, I've been doing a lot of that and then just making new stuff. You know, it's like, I've got all this time now to do that stuff, you know? But it's, it's also important to just get the experiences and, and life, you know, just the, the things that need to happen in life mm. for, to inspire, to create those songs. So exactly, if that's just you, whatever, going, sitting down by the water and looking out for three hours, yeah. you know, like, yeah. cause when you, when you're just playing all the time and don't have the time to really stop and think and yeah. per- percolate in the, yeah. the moment, like you need you need time to just let your your mind take it all in for sure yeah. yeah and that's kind of what i've been that's the big lesson i've been going through now is like you know i'm writing more than i ever have and and uh feeling like it's for a purpose you know and and like having a team and uh you know uh an album that i'm really like proud of not that I'm not proud of the other stuff I've done, but it was just kind of like I would record it in like maybe a week and then upload it to CD Baby, and then whenever it came out, that's when the release date was. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's nice. Like, you know, we worked so much on this album, and and I I am very proud of it. And it's like you know, there's a few songs that we had almost fully recorded and then started over because it's like no we need to do it this way instead. And it's so nice to like, like feel like it's a, something you've put the work into that you can really stand behind. You know what I mean? It's your, your musical baby. Yeah. Is it just a musical turd? <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not, not to say that anything else you've created. That's why he's so relaxed right now. He's yeah. like, I'm all cleaned out. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's, like again, you've been you've been at it for ten years now. So, like I just I think that like any any good artist needs to evolve and change mm-hmm. and just have those experiences and play your ass off for a, yeah. a year or two. Because yeah. like, you need you need to improve technically and yeah. learn how to interact from the stage. For and, like, sure, there's there's so many aspects to mm-hmm. it. Like before the the Beatles really made it, they were playing when they were playing in Hamburg. They yeah. were just driving the shows into yeah. them, you know, just and learning how to be on stage. And yeah, I mean, that's it's like that kind of stuff inspires me. You know, it's like it feels good to like I was doing like you know four hour shows, yeah, like you know at least once a week, and you know that's it's kind of insane but at the same time it, it does feel good because every show you're playing it's like as soon as you start to get bored it's on you to not get bored you know yeah. what i mean so it's like that's a really good experience you know in terms of keeping it fresh it's like well i only know this many songs i can't believe i'm doing this gig again this week you know it's like well how about i try playing it like this or like how about i you know, take a really weird solo here and you start taking risks. And it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But then sometimes it's like, whoa, people really like that. And I really like that. You know what I mean? So like doing that over and over again is, 
is a really good way to develop. I think that's like, I, I don't know. I've had, you know, people ask me like what they should do, you know, they're starting out or something. I'm just, I always tell people to play as much as you can when you're starting out. Yeah. Because it's like, if, if you're just starting out and you're like, oh, I shouldn't play too much there. It's like, you're not allowing yourself to develop. It's like, you may be making good choices, but then it's like when people go to see your show, is it going to be the best thing in the world? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you got to put that time in, I think, and get it really into your fingers and be able to connect with a room, you know. And that married with, I guess, the life experiences that you're talking about, Mike, mm. maybe is part of the formula. But do you think it's necessary to have hardship and pain in your life to make music? I think so. Like, I, yeah. you know, if <laughs> imagine if I came in here and was like, yeah, I've never experienced anything. <laughs> You know, it's like, I think you have to. But it must be harder when you're younger. And mm. I mean, that's part of just developing your craft, I suppose. But mm. that's where this life experience component kind of factors in. Like, mm. well, I've I've actually felt the things that I'm writing about. And yeah. maybe, maybe that I think doesn't you do. need to happen. But like one of my favorite quotes, I think it's George Orwell. Is no tears from the writer, no tears from the reader. You know? Right. It's like, I, I think... But at the same time, I, I don't know, sometimes people almost put sort of like, it's like a contest for who's the most frigged up. You know up, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, like, uh, I've been through so much. Like, Ugh. And it's like, especially in like, I find the folk music world is so weird with people sort of like hinting at experiences that they actually haven't even gone through and stuff. But, you know, I just think uh, most people... You know, there's like a baseline. Like most people go through a lot of shit. Most people have experienced a grandparent dying or a friend dying or like a breakup or uh, not being able to afford things or, you know, going through hard times or job insecurity. You know, it's like we've most people have this. Most people know what hard times are, you know, and it's like. That's what makes us human. And I think that, you know, I, I don't think it's a requirement to have an extraordinarily bad life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's a requirement to be able to talk about it and like reflect on it and, and use it to your advantage in a way. You know what I mean? Like, And there's a perspective, too, that has to come in because Nova Scotia Really, if you're looking at Canada, mm. we're, we're not the wealthiest province. Mm -hmm. We've, I think we're the poorest. We grew we? up in small towns yeah, so. with, yeah, like lots of people yeah. that were struggling and poverty Absolutely. and disease. And I think we have the highest rate of cancer and smoking and obesity and like all these bad things. Yet, Absolutely. Yeah. Yet, like we still live in Canada. We still yeah. have a lot of privilege in those ways, too. So we're we're kind of both of those identities at once. Yeah. I think that that's an important thing. I think that honestly has something to do with why there is a lot of music mm. around here is that, you know, music is an easy way to deal with a lot of those things, you know? And it's like, I I had a, you know, pretty good upbringing, you know? My, my parents, a, a pretty stable home, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's like, I remember times when it was like, holy shit, we might not have this house like we might have to move or like you know job insecurity stuff i mean i think pretty much everybody 
who lived in Nova Scotia and like our generation at some point their parents were like oh shit yeah you know what totally. I mean like that there happened might not several be enough times. fish sticks tonight guys yeah so. like I don't know and it's like we, we you know we're pretty well off uh relatively speaking yeah. you know what I mean so it's like but it's like you know growing up here we saw lots of I just remember seeing headlines and everybody talking about like no jobs and like the population shrinking, the population's aging and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's making it kind of weird now too with like the exact opposites happening. And yeah. it's like, Halifax is insane Halifax, right now. Yeah. It's like, I don't even recognize it, you know? And I find lately I almost don't feel so attached to, well, I always feel attached to Nova Scotia, but to the city, I just, it's like, meh, I, I don't even know what, how to feel about if you Halifax went anyway. away mm-hmm. five years ago and just came back now, I think mm. it would feel like a completely new city. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's and some parts are nice. Like mm. you walk along the waterfront, I'm like Halifax has a nice friggin' waterfront. Yeah, like but it's just it's just it's very different. And but it's like what attachment do we have to it anymore? That's yeah. how I feel. It's like yeah, I totally you know. feel that too. I get yeah. it. Yeah, and it's. I I like development. It it needs to grow. Sure. It needs to yeah. host new people and opportunities and yeah. growth is for the most part a positive thing. Yeah. But when you've connected with it in a certain way your entire life and it's suddenly different, like anything, you're now like, Well, what is my relationship with this place now? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what I've been going through these days. Do you wanna stay in Nova Scotia? I like I don't know, you know? I had a conversation with my mom last night actually. We're just like, eh. we're just like, you know, <laughs> everything sucks. Sell that. <laughs> like, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would, sometimes I think maybe I will move, you know. I love it here, you know. But it's like, I also love it in Newfoundland. I also, you know, I've been out west. I love it out there, too. Mm-hmm. You'd want to stay in Canada, you think? I think so. It's it starts getting weird when you go elsewhere. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Would you want to go somewhere with that's like a a music hub, Toronto, Montreal? Maybe try to see how the scene resonates there. I've thought about that. I think I don't know. You guys probably thought about that at some point. You know, I think every musician thinks about that. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like you don't have to do it now. No, which the internet is. That's yeah. it's great for that. Like, yeah. And some people like would want to go like, oh, I can't wait. I want to move to Toronto yeah. and try to make a go of it. But. And I think there's great sides to that. And I've seen a lot of, you know, I'm sure you've also seen a lot of people from Nova Scotia move to Toronto to pursue that. But then sometimes most they just. <laughs> most of them go there to pursue it. Yeah. And then they're back home. Back. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's, it's really hard. They got chewed up and spit back out. And expensive. And, yeah. And they don't have the connections like a place like music nova scotia or something where that's the thing yeah like music nova scotia brings the world to us right yeah like that's i know an amazing thing Mm. yeah and that's the thing is there there is a lot of support and that those are the great things about nova scotia you know it's like and halifax and stuff is i remember my very first art show i had i troy arsenault was working at i think the seahorse i'm sure you know troy Mm. and yeah just like, hey, Troy, can I have an art show there? Like, yep, sure, come in on the weekend. And I, I just wouldn't have that connection elsewhere in a big city. 
And then you right. just start growing from there, yeah, just yeah. your network and yeah. these things come up and you collaborate with someone and mm-hmm. it, it really does. It's a small enough city that you kind of know everybody that's yeah. in your scene at least. Yeah. So even for us, like it was okay for us to reach out to you and say, will you be on our podcast? Totally. Yeah. Because it's not that scary, mm. even though, well, I've not really met, I know who you right. are, but we've not really Likewise. met and <laughs> yeah. hung out like this. So but it's not this nervous, uncomfortable, inappropriate thing to do. Mm. Like we all kind of have that mutual respect and understanding of one another here. For sure. Which is fun. But I'm wondering, like, you know, how long is that gonna last? You know? I don't know. Why do you say Who's that? Say? I don't know. Just with this like the the goal for Halifax is to or for Nova Scotia is to reach two million in however many years. You know that's what I mean? It's lofty. Like, it's do- that's double. Oh Start reproducing, God. folks. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the city is going to change a lot. I think yeah. those dynamics are going to change a lot, which is mm-hmm. good. But I don't know. It, it makes me feel less rooted, I guess. Yeah. I that's even happening in your, like Mike's from Inverness right. uh, in Cape Breton. Like yeah, that's with, a small town example of what's happening in Halifax, really. And so. Yeah. It, it's weird that. I feel like the vibe of the locals has never changed though, which mm. is, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brought opportunities, which were very needed, but yeah, it can't help but shift the, the overall feel of the town. If there's, if there's normally 1500 people who are a certain way, they're still there. And then in the summer there's, uh, 750 people from Toronto and New York there, that's obviously going to make it different. Mm. Just the, the general energy of a place and going there and not recognizing people when you drove over town, like that was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like in the past, up until I was whatever, 20, in my late 20s, every single time I drive home and I could name off the top of my head, who I think is going to be standing over town, and I would get at least five of them right. And mm-hmm. now I drive in, and you're just like, that person's not from here. That person's definitely not from here. Mm. And just, just, and that's not bad. Like, totally. it's just, it just, yeah. it's just weird, I guess. It, when it is weird. When you're used to something. Yeah. And, but it took me leaving to realize how bad off like small towns in real Nova Scotia really mm-hmm. are. Cause when I was growing up, I was just used to everyone's dad went away to work because mm-hmm. there was no jobs there. Um, everyone drove a real shitty car that, uh, <laughs> that was like, they paid for on their credit card from 15 and... years earlier. Like, yeah, everyone's struggling and yeah. But when it's a, a whole community experiencing that, it's, that's just what life is. Totally. Like, and again, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I had it so bad. Like, I no, had it, had it pretty good, really. But, but if that's your baseline, it's it, strange when things are, yeah, you know, like, and then you go to Halifax or somewhere, and you see, oh, there's there's buildings here that don't have boarded up doors. Like, right. that, that, that feels weird. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just all about perspective, I guess. In yeah, and like, which can probably be great but also be bad at the same time Mm -hmm. you have a sense of ownership with your own city though like if you're Mm -hmm. visiting elsewhere and they had all of the same amenities or more or less than halifax then you just enjoy them oh this is a great city they have a great waterfront and art gallery and 
restaurants and all of these things that you have no reference point. But I guess it's because we've, well, we've spent more than 10 years here, so we didn't grow up here. But yeah, you're connected to it. It's your home. So mm. seeing it change is different than it just being a, a city. And what, yeah. what elements do I want in this city? It's what elements do I want in my home? Mm. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Halifax has changed a lot, you know. It's like I grew up in Bedford, which is, you know, just a, like I would take the bus into Halifax and stuff to hang out when I was in high school, you know. And I mean, you know, back then it was like Barrington Street was like empty. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to think of that, you know what I mean? Like, just, it was like a lot of boarded up windows and stuff. Which a lot of people, you know, you'd tell that to a lot of people these days. They wouldn't even believe you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, and just like, uh, you'd see the same faces around. There wasn't that many people around, you know what I mean? And I find that's really changed, you know? And like, especially like the North End, it's like, I don't even hang out in the North End anymore. But back in the day, it's like, you could get yourself a bachelor for like, I don't know, 400 bucks a month or something. Yeah. And like, you know. It's just, it's very strange. I don't know. I mean, it's it's all good, right? But, like, it's good to see the city do well. You don't want an empty Barrington Street with boarded up windows, but it's like, <laughs> it's it's just like, I don't know. It, it, when you're so used to it, that is, it does kind of, it makes it home. And then once that is totally different and it's like the landscape changes, you know, it's... uh loses that grease it once had you know it's like a good thing but it is different so i feel less attached to it I and think. It, it may be just inevitable with time and age right mm -hmm. like maybe people who were whatever 10 or 20 years older than us felt the exact same thing in the early 90s like, yeah. Oh, this place is changing so much. I yeah. Don't, don't recognize anyone. Yeah. We're <laughs> old enough now that we can say these people don't know what it was like to live in the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I used to hang out at the Legion a lot up on Almond Street and like the, all the old guys we'd be talking about, like, there's no bootleggers anymore. Like, the city's <laughs> gone to the dogs, you know? And, and like how you'd be able to go down to the docks and like, I don't know, make swish with your buddies or something. But like, but then now that that legion's not even there anymore, you know, or I, yeah. so it's like, right? It's like ugh, the criteria of the good old days means bootlegging. Can't get booze illegally at four in the morning. Yeah, what is this shithole? Yeah, <laughs> gotta go to the palace. That doesn't exist either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Willie, what do you do for fun aside from writing music? What do you like to get out and and do to kind of detach from work mm, i like um I like i like doing stuff yeah cool. <laughs> uh they have I a like, punch card for that I think. <laughs> uh i've been into leather work lately mm. like uh carving leather nice making wallets and cool belts and stuff made any guitar straps i've made some guitar straps mm. yeah i like doing that i find that's a relaxing thing that keeps me off my phone yeah and, you know, I like getting outdoors a bit. Um, I don't know. I like, uh, you know, and I, yeah. It's nice to Not have another <laughs> kind of creative muscle worked yeah. as well. That's Especially like with your unrelated. hands. Yeah. Like, I like that, like yeah. you're saying, kind of keeps you. It's one thing to be distracted, and it's another to be doing something tangible with your hands. Yeah. 
I yeah. find. Yeah, something that isn't just scrolling through your phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it is nice. I like, I don't know, I like different projects and stuff. I like building things. Mm-hmm. I also want to ask you about your super cool style, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. I love fashion. <laughs> Do you, are you somebody, so I'm looking at your rings. Are you... Uh-huh someone who likes to go digging for the hidden gems or like how do you source your your gear i do yeah i mean i don't shop all the time but i like there's certain places i really like mm-hmm. one certain place which is very much old halifax to me is uh citadel coins and that's where i get most of my jewelry okay uh they sell uh precious metals by the weight so Silver's actually pretty cheap right now. Okay, this is and a good like, tip. It's a sweet hidden spot up in uh, Barrington Place, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a good good place to get some jewelry if you're mm-hmm. looking for some jewelry. Okay, good old glad I asked. Crusty shop in a good way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I like uh, I I like jeans a lot. I have kind of a weird. Jeans obsession. What do you wear when you're performing? Mm, I've been wearing lately, well, I guess I've had it for a few years now. This suit I usually wear is uh, that uh, uh, Jen Boyne made. Well, this suit actually was an old leisure suit. It's like a gold suit, but it's all covered in like roses and stuff. And rhinestones. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's this lady in Bedford named Jen who, uh, she used to make like uh, figure skater costumes and stuff. Mm. And I found out about her and got her to kind of do up this suit. And now she makes like full suits. Like I'm I'm planning on buying a new one because mine's getting pretty ratty. Is it like a but... one piece with a zipper? No, it's like pants and uh, okay. a jacket and... Uh, I know I'm really focused on this suit, but it sounds really amazing. So maybe we'll get a picture of that. Like I like, I don't know. I like having real crazy outfits and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I like that old, you know, those old country like nudie suits and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I find even having an art show, I like to, it's, it's like my one chance where I get to go just that extra turning the dial up notch on fashion because mm-hmm. other you know we've been sitting at home in pajamas for two years for starters but it's nova scotia is one of those places where if you're not wearing dad shoes and like a t-shirt you got in a beer box and people kind of look at you yeah. funny so but I, i've always loved that though like yeah. when i was younger <laughs> i would just like i you know i i feel like these days um pretty tame with my fashion but like back in the day i'd wear like you know well back in the day it was a lot easier to thrift that's the thing like mm-hmm. when in like around high school or just after high school you could go to valley village and get like sick stuff like i remember i got like a crazy tartan blazer and i wear it with like real pointy shoes and stuff and i don't know i like I like dressing weird because then it's like people stare at you and stuff, but it's like, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you got the power in this situation. Nice you... suit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, thanks, dude. <laughs> well, you know, it's this like, should be added it's to your thing. People you are do. dressed badly that are saying that, so it's yeah. kind of sick. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. I like, I like, I always like dressing kind of over the top. And I don't know. I think it's just fun. 
Yeah, I love it. Like we were at Cavendish last weekend, me and Sarah, and we just like dressed to the nines every day. And it like, you know, made us a bunch of friends because people are like, what? what? What are you guys? <laughs> you know, it's like, it kind of opens the conversation. They're shiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just fun. You know, I think that uh, clothing is such a great way to express yourself. You know what I mean? And like without having to say anything. Yeah, know? totally. It's your identity. You're wearing it. Yeah, exactly. Super fun. Yeah. It's like you can, you know, a lot of animals all look the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like we have the opportunity to dress however you want which is kind of a cool perk of being a human i guess you know not yeah. bad yeah you get to decorate Con- conscious yourself. thoughts yeah. good too and all that <laughs> yeah thumbs. Thumbs. yeah that's I like a really good ones. part too yeah yeah bacon uh anyway eating bacon but uh drugstore dreaming is mm-hmm. out now mm-hmm. um i want to ask you I know you said you, you you're you're wanting to grow. You want to see where the album takes you, where what style you might gravitate towards. But in your eyes, what do you see as making it? I don't know. Or have you yet? Or have you already? I definitely don't feel like I've made it. You know, I think just like getting to a point where I can. I think like in my mind maybe. Buying a house with music money would be making it, you yeah. know, or like, I don't know, just reaching a point where it's like having cultural influence or, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I I never want to stop pushing for that, you know, like getting, I don't know, just, I don't know. I, I don't see a finish line, I guess, you know, just want to keep pushing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love how different this is. We often ask our guests this question or some version of, mm. and it's, I think it's been different every time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's super interesting, especially having this life as an artist has some things in common often. Yeah. But this is one of the questions where it, it really looks different to some people. Like one of mm. our guests was like a hot tub, like that really specific Whoa, cool. thing in her mind was like, that represents adulting to me. Like mm. I, if I have disposable income to buy a hot tub, right. then like yeah. every all of my other needs have been met. Yeah, and other people are like, I've made it just because I am an artist. Like, period. Yeah, whatever that looks like. So, and everything in between. So it's curious how different. I, mean, I just, I kind of had this conversation with myself like early on. It's like, I I'll never be satisfied. You know what I mean? It's like mm. I would like to reach a point someday where I'm like satisfied but I just don't think it's gonna happen you know it's like I don't know at what point are you just like yeah this is good enough you know yeah and then what do you yeah, just stop like, or I know yeah we're kind of like that too but it's it bittersweet it always be better yeah because then you live in this eternal state of I don't know mm-hmm. like you wish that you could just feel the f- emotion of fulfillment like sincere yeah. like yeah. I'm good with this yeah and I mean, like, when you play a really good show, you get that. And, yeah. you know, I when we made Way She Holds Me, which is the first single, you know, it got on some Apple playlists that really felt like that. You know, it was like, holy shit, like, we're getting, you know, 10,000 plays or whatever. Like, that felt like that. But then it's like, it it's immediately followed up by like, okay, how can I do this more? Yeah, like, let's do it again. What can I do? Yeah. <laughs> You know, 
because it's not like it's not like okay cool i'm done mm-hmm. you know so i think it's it's always a balance of like feeling that fulfillment but then turning that into drive to go bigger you know so where can folks find this new album and find you and social media and all the things that you'd want them to know about? Uh, social media, pretty much anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. at Willie Stratton, W-I-L-L-I-E-S-T-R-A-T-T-O-N. And then, yeah, just anywhere you stream music, that's that's where to find it. Yeah, I got one one final question here. And... One of our guests asked me this on an episode, so I want to mm-hmm. see what you say, uh, asking, asking another musician. Um, she said, you could have a billion dollars mm-hmm. or a billion dollars and not ever be able to create or show someone else what you've created. Um, so essentially, you, you can't play music. You can't. Right use your creative energy in any capacity or you just are living the life exact same <laughs> or you're you or you're you right now i think i just stick with how i am right now yeah. <laughs> like, that's what i i'm like well that would be generational wealth i could help so many people <laughs> yeah but for but, what? <laughs> but, but i'd be miserable yeah <laughs> that's the thing it's like i think we could all you know go work in the oil fields or you know there, there's lots of ways to get wealth if you really want it, you know. But we've all chosen this path already. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, not too many of us have chosen this path because we're like, "Well, I'm going to get rich," yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like that would be great, and we're all, I think, you know, to some degree, pushing for that. But yeah, I think I'd stick with how things but are. But there's the possibility of it. Like, there's yeah. a ceiling for wealth on a lot of careers, and mm, yeah, our our yeah, world I mean, doesn't I guess have that. Billion dollars is you know you're not getting that working any job really. <laughs> 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 you work hard as a pharmacist. You work some overtime hours. Yeah, so. we'll have you back on the show once you've heard, hit that first B. Yeah, first billion. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, Pleasure having you here, buddy. Yeah, thanks so much for having uh, new, me. New album sounds awesome. Thanks, Everyone, man. check it out. And uh, hope you're doing well out there. And uh, thanks again for coming out, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers.